BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You can end up just like over talking about your product and you can do all these things. But when you, you don't, you're you're not in the product business first, Mm -hmm. like put a sticky note somewhere. Whoever's listening to this, I'm in the people business first. Yes. You need to know about your product. Yes. You need to have an above average, excellent set of product knowledge about your product, 200%. Mm -hmm. But when you have even more knowledge, Mm -hmm. prospect knowledge, knowledge about people, how they operate, what their heart wants, how to get information, a story out of them that's when you can actually guide them into the thing. And you can have people-centered conversation. It seems like every, even the, even our just most pure-hearted students feel like there's got to be a way that I don't have to talk to so many people, right? Mm-hmm. Or I can get out of conversations or I cannot deal with people because people are like the hardest part of business. Mm-hmm. They're also the best part. Mm-hmm. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Catherine, welcome to She. So honored to be here. I can't wait to get into it. So honored to have you. So for those of you who just don't know Catherine, I'm excited for you to get to know her. But a little backstory, Catherine and I, I feel like we talk like every couple of weeks, at least we just like exchange voice messages about all the different things because I feel like we're so like-minded in so many different areas of life. Um, but we were talking about this topic that we're going to dive into today. And I was like, this has to be a podcast episode because I think this is so critical and so important for us as women, as believers, as you know, women who have a passion or a talent or a skill to hear and to digest. So we're going to dive into a really interesting and I think important topic today. But before we do that, Catherine, can you just share a little bit of your background and what you do and kind of what led you to guide culture for those who may not be familiar with you? I would be so happy to. So my story starts out a lot like other entrepreneurs where I was in nine to five. I had a corporate job as a dietitian. That's what I thought I was going to do. Mm -hmm. My mom told me I could be on the Today Show. (laughs) So I went all in. I mean, I was sold out. And after having a boss for no joke, like less than nine months, I said no. And I actually went on the network marketing route to have untapped income and freedom and all those amazing things that come with the idea of entrepreneurship. And it did not take long at all for me to realize that getting sales, which is how you actually have that untapped income, was not easy. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was possible. Mm -hmm. And what I was actually doing was like grinding my gears. And I basically rode this motivation roller coaster like forever. Mm-hmm. It was like almost two years. And it came to the point where I had a baby coming mm-hmm. in 2018. And I was actually sitting at a campsite with my in-laws. Okay. Mm-hmm. Picture it. And I was like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Like I either need to double down in a different way that I've been doing, or I need to just give up. And like, 
not do what I thought I was capable of. And in that same season, I saw someone on Instagram and she was like, hey, you can be unrecognizable one year from now. People could look at you and say, what happened to you Mm -hmm. in the best way? And I felt this pull in my spirit because I had God, I had been praying like, God, make something of me. Like, what am I doing? Why am I not successful? And what ended up happening was she, that girl on Instagram was talking about a training that actually taught you how to sell. And uh, my life changed like from the inside out, my sales forex, I mean, influence was growing, training teams that were more successful than mine. And like a, a year after I almost gave up, I actually became partners and co-CEO of this company mm. that changed my life. And that company is who I represent today, which is Guide Culture. Mm. And we really believe in the power of sales skills. Mm-hmm. I love that story. And I love how you started off as like a student taking the training and just, mm-hmm. I, I mean, like to then become like partnered with it and just something that you were able to go all in on. It just shows how passionate you were about and how much it really transformed your work and, and the the belief you had in it. And I think this is something that a lot of people struggle with. And I, I don't want to like single out Christian women, but I think it's even more of a struggle in general, I think, for women, yeah. but especially for Christian women, because we've heard sales and we think slimy, manipulative, mm-hmm. you know, forcing people to spend money on things they don't need, like consumerism, yep. like it immediately goes to all these negatives. And, you know, I think there's a lot of questions I have. So I kind of want to dive into all the conversations around sales and making money. But first, Mm -hmm. I want to just get your take on why you think some Christians feel weird about making money or even making a good amount of money. It's such a good question. And while the guide culture company and training is like for the masses, like it's a secular training, we have a lot of Christians Mm -hmm. because of, you know, our values. Mm -hmm. And what we've asked them is why do you feel weird about money? Mm -hmm. Literally, why do you feel gross? Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are saying things like, hey, I I really feel like this is going to bring a selfish part of me out mm-hmm. or that I'm going to have to be selfish in order for this to work. And so they're almost like not confident in their ability to be pure or their ability to, I mean, none of us are pure, right? We're all fallen. And mm-hmm. so it's like, you actually have to cling to God mm-hmm. if you're going to make money because it's just like any other tool that you need to like use wisely, you know? And so people's fear of being selfish seems to be the biggest driver of like shame and like hesitancy, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, there's also, I've heard it said, and this is something that I've had to really work through to almost believe even as a Christian, the idea of like, you know, Christians should be walking in excellence. And when you walk in Mm -hmm. excellence and you work excellently and you do excellent work, like naturally you will add value to people's lives and that value exchange will result in income, right? Or in some sort of sale or uh, transaction or money. And I think we often think of it, like you said, as like selfish, scammy, whatever you want to call it. But it's like, well, if you're setting, if like, I mean, truly in the world, like Christians should be setting the standard of excellence, right? Like if we really believe what we believe and that translates to the work we do. And so then that naturally should translate to income. But I think we, we don't think of it that way. We get caught up in the selfish side of it or the potential downsides of it. And like, I think we also, you know, I've heard it said, other people I've talked to have said something similar and they've also said, you know, well, money is the root of all evil. And Mm. I think we often forget like, well, money itself is a neutral like tool. The love of money is the root of all evil. So I think the fear becomes, well, if I make, you know, more money or I make money or whatever, it makes sales, like, am I going to start to love money? And that's a heart issue, not a money issue specifically. You know what I mean? 100%. And, you know, Dave Ramsey, he says things like, just asking the question, who should have the money, the Mm. good guys or the bad guys? Right. 
And in order to like embrace that Mm -hmm. and to trust yourself, like, hey, I can follow God's lead on this Mm -hmm. and have excellent work and be rewarded for that in the exchange of money. But then, hey, if you want to be selfless, like go tithe, Mm -hmm. go get 80% of your income away. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Like go do the selfless thing. Right. If yeah. that's what feels good to you, yeah. but that doesn't mean you can't make it because right. you can actually do great things when you do have it. Right. I've heard it said, this was an, a metaphor, or I think that's the right word for it, that I heard, I don't even remember when or where, I wish I could give like exact credit, but I was speaking at a church like years ago and then we stayed after my talk for to hear like the pastor of the church give a message and he was actually talking about this topic and he like gave this really great picture. He said, you know, when you make money or anything it's so helpful to think of yourself as a pipeline, not a bucket. Because I think we think like when I get money, it's going to like accumulate in this bucket. And if you have like a scarcity mindset where you have to hold on to every little thing that you get, then yeah, it's going to just like sit in this bucket and you're just going to have all this money sitting there and it's not going to be doing anything for good, right? But if you think of yourself as more of a pipeline, like, okay, the money comes in and it flows out to support my family, to support my community, to make a difference in the kingdom, like it becomes a pipeline instead of this bucket where money is just building up for nothing, right? So when when you're struggling with that, go back to that that visual and ask yourself, like, am I acting more like a bucket maybe because of fear or because of because I've never had this much money or whatever, or am I focusing on being a pipeline? And the more you can focus on being a pipeline, I think the less that fear of like selfishness or anything like that is going to come up. But that really helped me when I was in a season of like, I don't know how to think of this, you know? So Amen. Um, and another that. like really gross visual to go with that yeah. is like the, like a standing gross pond that mm-hmm. gets like gross and like slimy or a fresh flowing stream of water. Mm-hmm. Like it, like let it flow through your life, mm-hmm. you know, and just like embrace it and be like, thank you God so much. What do you want me to do with it? I can't mm-hmm. wait. Yeah. You know, a hundred percent. And just have that conversation mm-hmm. with him. Yeah. So good. Okay. Let's talk about selling a little bit because you mentioned this is a big part of what you do, obviously. And I'm curious, like, yep. is there a Christian in air quotes way to sell products or how might it be different than the tactics non-Christians might use and how might it be similar? It's so interesting, you know, because if I could just give a very short answer to this, Mm -hmm. it would be that Christians, the standard of excellence to sell is to be selfless Mm -hmm. and others focused, Mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. Now, what most people do, like Christians, when they think, oh, I'm going to be selfless, is that they just play small, Mm -hmm. thinking that that is selfless and like out of the spotlight and whatever. But when you are growing in the desire to be more like Jesus, you have the power of the Spirit. Like the spotlight should bring glory to God, not you, mm-hmm. right? So like, there's that. But whether you're Christian or not, right? We're all human. Mm-hmm. So we all have this like fallen sinful nature. And thankfully we have like the example of God to follow, whereas like a non-believer just doesn't. The, the most important thing, like the most important thing that a Christian can do to actually sell in a way that reflects their faith mm-hmm is you always make whatever their product is, whatever their service is, anything from the ingredient all the way to other junk about it, make it about how it impacts someone else. Mm -hmm. Not why you love it, not how it changed your life. Yes, that can be part of like your story, but make it about how it makes someone else come alive, Mm -hmm. makes them, you know, grow in their life because it's this like self-absorbed nature Mm -hmm. that makes us actually feel weird Mm -hmm. and we don't even realize it. And if I were to say like, what's a non-Christian tactic? I mean, what breaks my heart is like, they're on sinking sand. You know, there's not a foundation. And I think that it's easier to think, oh, as a Christian, like I have the best intentions, like I love God and I'm like a nice person. 
because I love God, you know, there's all these things that we can ignorantly think that we are different mm-hmm. than non-Christians. But in business, you are rewarded for the value you put out. And who is the best communicator of that right, value? Right, not just because you're nice. <laughs> that that was not just because you're nice, because if that were the case, then all Christians would be rich. And mm-hmm. that's just not true. Mm-hmm. And I really believe God does call us up to excellence in the way that we communicate to the product that we deliver. It's a high calling to be in business Yeah, in general, much less as a Christian. A hundred percent. Well, yeah, I think you're right. I think there's a high level of responsibility with that too. Definitely. You know, when you have a high calling, the higher the calling, the higher the responsibility for lack of a better way to say it. And, you know, I think when you, when you take that responsibility seriously and you really consider like, okay, how does the work that I'm doing impact someone's life and does it impact someone's life? Can I make sure I'm clear on the value? And then how do I communicate Amen. that clearly? You know, and I think one of the biggest issues, and this is just completely kind of a, a, a tangent, but do you think that one of the challenges people have with selling, making money, all these things is not only the fear of selfless or being selfish and all of that, but also just a struggle to communicate what the value actually is? Yes. Yeah. 100%. I'm telling you what, like, absolutely. I think, it, I think um, a lot of people downplay the value that they can offer too. Like they they don't always even necessarily understand it. And and here's why this is so freeing because when it's hard to communicate the value, it's not even your own fault mm. because it's a practiced skill. Your brain doesn't actually, the part of your brain that communicates value is the limbic brain mm-hmm. and it does not have capacity for language. So the the part of your brain in, that feels like your heart, like your heart burns to get clean products into the hand of people. It burns to help people run paid ads the right way. Like whatever your business is, your heart burns for it and you can't even communicate it right. So mm-hmm. just like any other skill, you have to practice it and you have to kind of have the discipline mm-hmm. of saying, okay, this is what I do and here's what it means for someone else mm-hmm. in a very streamlined, clear way. And one of the pitfalls people absolutely have is being overly vague. They bumble on their words or they're overly emotional. Mm-hmm. They're like, they almost lean into the value so hard that they drown everyone in their words. Yeah. It's like too much. much And I think you're so right because that's, I think that's, like you said, the biggest pitfall because I think the communication and I think the lack of confidence around the value you offer contributes to that, to that bumbling and that jumbling and the struggle to communicate it. Yeah. And I think that's where when you're, like you said, that when people assume that to be humble or to be Christ-like, you have to play small. Mm. Like the, to make those two things synonymous, I think that's where the lack of confidence can come from. Would you agree? It's crazy. It's so true. And it's like I remember when I first got brought on to teach. It was long, it was months before I became co CEO of the mm-hmm. company. But I was like crying on the way into the training, my first mm-hmm. time ever teaching. And I was like, God, my heart is like hurt. There's these amazing women, amazing men, and they believe in what they can do, but they cannot say it. Mm-hmm. And it's they're so close, right? And our company actually at the time it used to be called Clearly Confident. Because when you can clearly communicate and you can sell, you sell yourself. Mm -hmm. And so your enthusiasm builds, your spirit builds, you have this like glow on your face, Mm -hmm. you shine. And that not only helps you sell better, but it helps people understand more. Mm -hmm. So selling is just this amazing, amazing skill that helps every, like it's a cycle. It's kind of like that pipeline of value where you just get to flow out the value and people feel it. So good. So good. Okay. So I know something that guide culture talks about, like is how their method isn't necessarily built on rules, but instead on certain beliefs. And I'd love to dig Mm -hmm. into some of those beliefs with you. Cause I think this is something that is really, really 
critical and also really relevant to even what we're talking about. So one of those beliefs is sales is leadership and leadership is sales. Can you Mm. expand on that a little bit? Absolutely. So guide culture's definition of sales is that it is guiding people into the best decision for them. Hmm. It's guiding people into a decision. And one of the biggest pitfalls is not just that you're not clear enough in how you communicate value, but how do you actually get someone into a decision? You have no idea how many people are straddling a fence, whether they're on your team and they don't know like what to work on first, or they're just in your DMs and they don't know, should I do this package or this package? Like they're straddling. And for you to have the confident guide, mm-hmm. guidance to say, take this, like, do you want to take this action or this action and let them get there? It saves everyone so much energy. And like I said, the, the reason leadership is sales is because you are guiding them into the next right thing for them. And it doesn't mean the swipe the credit card transaction, but it's simply helping them think in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that is a sale, like a, a money sale. And sometimes it's actually, and I, I would be curious what your thought is on this, but sometimes it's actually telling them, you know what, this isn't the right fit for you. And a ton of times. And I yeah. think that that's really hard for us to wrap our mind around because we think sales means we should get the sale every single time. But it's like, it's actually going to serve you better as the person selling or the business owner or whatever to help someone make the decision if it's not right for them, because then they're just going to ask for, you know, a refund anyway, you know, so or they're not going to be satisfied by it. it's not going to help them. So it's actually serving them well to tell them like, hey, this might not be the right fit for you in this season or this time, oh like gosh. the amount of people that I've said that to on different programs I've had or, you know, products I've promoted or whatever, if they have different goals than what the program or the product is actually going to help them achieve, then I'm like, nope, this actually doesn't, you know, work for you. Like I would actually point you in this direction to go somewhere else, you know? And that's hard at first because I think especially if you're like stuck in this in this scarcity mindset, like there's not yeah. enough. But when you can like transition your mind to like, like there's plenty of the right people, right? For this, like, you're going to do so much and you're not going to feel that like sliminess of like, I'm just manipulating people into, into buying my thing. Like that's when you're going to feel gross. I will, I have, I have got to say two things about this because you're 100% right. First quick one is about qualification. A mindset that someone should write down is no one is qualified until I qualify them. Mm, mm-hmm. No one is qualified. Just assume it. It frees you up so much to be like, you know what? They're probably not, but let me ask, right? Like, let me ask them a couple of questions. And then you decide, oh my gosh, you're such a good fit. Or, hey, you're really not a good fit for this reason. Mm-hmm. Then they can go tell their friend who is a good fit about you because you gave them such a great experience. Mm-hmm. Now, the second thing, when you said manipulation and about lit me on fire, because mm-hmm. people are confused about the difference between persuasion and manipulation. Mm. So guide culture sales skills are rooted in persuasion skills, mm-hmm. persuasion science. And that means that you are being thorough in the way you communicate. That's really all it means mm-hmm. when you break down the word. Now, manipulation, when people avoid, they put a strong arm Heisman mm-hmm. to the, the word sales. They look the other way. They avoid it at all costs. What ends up happening? Well, they still have gold. They still have a vision board and they want to make money. They mm-hmm. do. They want to put foot on their table, whatever, live up to the success. So they're going to run 50% off deal. They're going to say, oh, you get one-on-one coaching time with me. If you buy in November, you buy in April, right? So then people buy more and you're like, oh my gosh, I got a spike in deal. Mm-hmm. But it's because you manipulated them. Mm-hmm. And I'm not against the discounts. Like it's not, it's a neutral thing. It's not a big deal. But when that is your method of making more sales, and that's like the way that you make more sales, mm-hmm. it's because people were like, they kind of had a gun to their head. Like, well, if I miss it, then I can't do it. And then that's when you get the cancellations, the refunds, the people who aren't loyal. Mm-hmm. But what you want to do is you want to persuade people. We have a book called Persuade for Good. Mm-hmm. 
you persuade them in the right thing for them, get them into a decision, they're bought in with their heart, not just with their card. Yeah. Right. So good. Yeah. I think you're right because I think that's part of the aversion to sales. It's like, oh, it's manipulation. It's like, well, no, it's actually not. It's, it can be that if you want to just like force uh-huh. the sale. But if you're really doing it to help people make a decision and persuading them toward that right decision, whether it's to purchase with you or not, you're going to provide value. You're going to serve them well. And then therefore, you're not going to feel like you're manipulating anybody and you're going to uh, you're going to acquire the right customers for you. So, I love all that. That's so good. Another belief that you guys kind of found guide culture on or kind of root guide culture on is is that you are in the pe- the people business first and I, there's a lot of different things I have th- like thoughts I have on that, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Mm. Yes, it's so it's the most important thing because in business especially if you create a product, but even if you just represent a product through network marketing or whatever the case, Mm -hmm. you're probably pretty obsessed with it, Mm -hmm. right? You're probably pretty proud of it. You're in love with it. And people like you want other people to feel the same way about Mm -hmm. it. So you can put it on a pedestal. And with, and remember what I just said about your heart coming on fire, you can end up just like over talking about your product and you can do all these things. But when you you don't, you're, you're not in the product business first. Like put a sticky note somewhere. Whoever's listening to this, I'm in the people business first. Yes, you need to know about your product. Yes, you need to have an above average, excellent set of product knowledge about your product, 200%. Mm-hmm. But when you have even more knowledge, prospect knowledge, knowledge about people, how they operate, what their heart wants, how to get information, a story out of them, that's when you can actually guide them into the thing. And you can have people-centered conversation. It seems like every, even the, even our just most pure-hearted students feel like there's got to be a way that I don't have to talk to so many people, right? Mm-hmm. Or I can get out of conversations or I can not deal with people because people are like the hardest part of business. They're also the best part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the best part of everything. And And if you're listening to this, you're probably in it to help people, mm-hmm. right? So you need to understand how people work. And most people just put so much emphasis on their product, mm-hmm. how the branding is, how it comes off, how they're perceived. Yeah. Just forget all that mm-hmm. for like a year and go all in on what other people want, what they're confused about, how they can benefit, master how to talk to people, how to persuade people, how to sell people. Mm-hmm. And when you end up doing that, what you do is you get them bought in mm-hmm. and you get them bought into who you are, who your brand is and what they stand for. And it's just the best in the whole world. Have you been wanting to make the switch to cleaner living and clean beauty, but feeling really overwhelmed on where to start and how to sift through all the different options out there? Friend, I get it. I have been there. When I first started my clean living journey, I was so overwhelmed and I was having such a hard time in one area in particular. I was having a really hard time finding beauty products that were clean, safe, toxin-free, but also really worked because the tricky part was I wanted to use clean products, but every time I would try clean makeup or clean shampoo or clean skincare, it just seemed like they didn't work as well as my old toxic favorites. And I found myself always wanting to go back to the more conventional stuff because it actually worked. My makeup stayed all day. My skincare was working well. So I was having a really hard time in this area until I discovered Crunchy. Crunchy is a high-performing clean beauty brand that honestly performs just as well, if not better than my old toxic favorites. Not only that, but they are eco-friendly, they're plastic positive, which means they take more plastic out of the environment than they put in, and they're also Leaping Bunny certified and cruelty-free as well as vegan. So if you've been looking for a clean option for makeup and skincare for clean beauty, but you just need something that works well, 
and that doesn't harm the environment and that doesn't harm animals, Crunchy is the place to be. I highly recommend starting with the primer and foundation when it comes to makeup or the cleansing bar and the Clarolite when it comes to the skincare. And if you use my link, you can get $10 off your first order. So just go to crunchy.com slash Jordan Dooley and the $10 off will apply on the last page of checkout to your first order. Or you can just tap the link in the show notes on this episode to shop with that link and get the $10 off applied to your first order. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer? Upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. (laughs) Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. 
Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. I think that's such a good reminder. You're right. I think we focus so much on the product that we're in love with or we believe in. And I think that's why they often say even like focus on the benefits over the features because the benefits are Mm. reserved people. Um, But so so often we focus on like the ingredient or the this or the that. And it's like, those are important details here and there. But I think if you hyper-focus on those things or the color or the branding or what it looks like, you completely miss the way you can actually serve people. So I love that idea of like, stop focusing on that for a bit and like really master the communication skill and, and the people skill part of it. To, to really then be able to sell it regardless of whether it's the most beautiful thing in the world or it doesn't even look how, how you want it to look. Like that's honestly, like yes. it's funny. I look back at certain things that have sold really well for me in the past and I'm like, ugh, that was so ugly. Or like that did, I, did, I didn't even like the way it looked, you know, or whatever, but I right. believed in the concept behind it and it served people. And I really focus on communicating the heart behind it, not just what it looked like or, you know, and, and I'm like, those are some of the things that did the best for me, you know? And it's so easy it's to so like good. get caught up in what, what something looks like or what you think it needs to be. And it's like, you completely miss it. So I love that. Okay, one other value or belief that you guys talk a lot about is always giving value in abundance. Let's touch Mm. on that a little bit. Yes. Value in abundance can be said a lot of different ways. One of them is going beyond the call of duty. Uh, Another one is six-star service. And this also kind of ties back to what you were just saying about uh, the benefits are what serve people. Mm -hmm. Like, right, Mm -hmm. what value do they want? People don't want skincare. They don't want sales training. They want to be confident. Why do they want to be confident? Could be a a myriad of reasons, right? But what do I have to do as a sales trainer and CEO to help my students be confident, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean you compromise like your boundaries or like whatever, but what do you need to do? What do you need to create? Uh, Macy, the founder of the company and my co-CEO, we're talking about our training length. And right now it's eight weeks. We might make it 12 weeks. You know, who knows? But 12 weeks makes no sense. Okay, it's quarterly. We would have zero turnaround time, Mm -hmm. right? And she's like, well, do we not want to do 12 weeks because of the launch calendar Mm -hmm. or for them, right? Mm -hmm. And and value and abundance means just going, doing more than is expected Mm -hmm. for the benefit of someone else. So good. Going above and beyond. (laughs) And I think... Yes, yes, in short. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and that can be overwhelming, you know? And so I think you really have to... And I'd be curious what your thought is on this, but I think you almost have to figure out like, okay, what can I do to go above and beyond without burning myself out? I think that's like the the magic question because then when you burn yourself out because you're overdoing or overcommitting yourself, the downside to that is you don't end up serving anyone well. So it's kind of finding this like, okay, what are the ways that I can provide additional value while still, you know, prioritizing the rest I need to take or the the gaps I need to take or the breaks I need to take. Like, what does that look like? And sometimes that might just be, you know, turning something around faster than you normally would or something else, but finding like, what are the value adds I can provide that make it feel like an additional value? Like they're extra supported, maybe with taking a little bit more of my time, maybe without, but you really have to figure out what that looks like for you in the season you're in and the, and the work you do. Cause I think that even what you said, like with the launch calendar, that's a good point though. Like if you guys don't have a break time, at some point, that can be a lot. So it it is kind of like a, you have to kind of think about it from both sides. But at the same time, it absolutely, yeah. is like a practical issue. So here's what I would recommend someone who's like, wait, cat, like you might get me scared right now. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is why sales is leadership and leadership is sales, because we don't do everything. Mm-hmm. We have a team of 30 coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an HQ team of 10. Mm-hmm. And we do not touch 90% of stuff. Mm-hmm. 
we touch what is what is ours to touch, mm-hmm. right? And like we do the sales messaging, we write books, mm-hmm. we oh, we're in sales conversations, we talk to our students, mm-hmm. but we do not coach them. And honestly, because our coaches are even better than us. And so I just encourage you, whoever you are, like, find this is why you need to get people bought in with their heart because mm-hmm. they will be the ones who come propel your mission forward. Mm-hmm. You cannot do everything and you should not do everything. And even if you're starting small, like get someone to volunteer with you or something, right? Like just know that that is part of your growth and that value probably is that they don't work with you, but someone else. And you have to believe that you're replaceable and can provide your customer even better value. Yeah, that's so good. So good. And also part of the, um, even going back to the conversation before, like that takes humility to do. I mean, it really does. And it takes like releasing control, which takes humility. Because I think our pride wants to be like, only I can do it this well, you know? And it's like the more that you release, that requires humility. It does. It's not about like, it's not about you. Okay, a couple other questions I have. I feel like I could ask a million, but I think there's, I'm trying to like, decide which question I want to ask because I'm like, where do I go from here? Because there's so many things. One thing I want to hear your thoughts on are specific sales questions. Like for people who are like really struggling with this, what are some strategies that you suggest to someone who's trying to figure this out or, you know, attract more potential customers? What does that look like? Do you have any suggestions for them if they're like, this is just really new to me? Where do I start? And I'm really trying to do this well. Yeah, that's a really good question. So when you're trying to start out and you want to be obviously the best you can be in, and for being honest, grow as fast as possible, right? Mm -hmm. The question is like, who's going to buy from me? And like, when will they buy? How fast can they buy? And so the conversation around like lead generation, it's like jargon for who's raising their hand, who is raising their hand to talk to you. I think so often the temptation is, well, I just want to ask for the sale. Because that is important. And so many people dance and being around the bush, they're CTA, they're called action. But here's what I would ask you. What is your potential customer stuck thinking? What are they stuck thinking? For us, for Guide Culture, who is a sales training, sales leadership training based in persuasion, people are stuck thinking selling is gross. It's that that five-year-old. It's fifth grade. Fifth grade language. And I would ask you, what is your fifth grade language? Mm -hmm. For what are people actually thinking? Because what most people think is, well, in order to make a sale, I need to talk about my product. And yes, your product is important, but you need to nudge them toward the truth. What is the truth about what do they even need to be thinking and believing in order to buy from you? Yeah. And when you do this, when you say like, hey, okay, just I want you to picture like a gas dial. Let's just say they're on E and they're stuck thinking selling is gross. And then all you say is like, hey, selling is a noble cause because you're getting value into their hands. Okay, well, now they're on like a quarter of the tank. Okay, cool. Okay. And then you help them believe that they can actually fulfill their purpose when they are really good at selling. They can feel like on fire for their life. Then they're like half a tank. So they're not ready to buy, Mm -hmm. but maybe they sign up for your ebook Mm -hmm. or they sign up for your webinar. Mm -hmm. And I would just really position your lead kind of like conversation generators. And I would think of them like conversation generators. Please, for the love, get into conversations of pe- with people and find out what are they thinking. Host a free workshop and find out what people are thinking. It will save you years of spinning your wheels. Yeah, of guessing. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that's so good. So good. Okay. Because you can also assume as the professional... Like I just have to tell you, so we have a lot of different industries in our program. Mm-hmm. One of them is dietitians, and they have we have to, happen to have a lot of gut dietitians. I don't know why, 
but they use so much jargon like, oh, you're, you know, having bowel movements when you would prefer not to. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm like, no one says that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're not stuck thinking I have bowel movements. They're stuck thinking I can't go to Taco Bell. Right. So yeah. like, just what are, what is their actual brain saying? Yeah. And help nudge them mm-hmm. just one story by story, one thought by thought mm-hmm. to get them to a full tank. Yeah, that's good. I've heard, I've heard an example similar to that. Like, I think it was, I don't remember who it was, just, it was a business coach, but they shared something about a lot, like one of their students was, it, it was like a parent coach or a parent educator. And they kept talking about boundaries because that's what they help their parents establish oh, yes. or things like that. And they were like talking and they're like, why aren't people responding to this? And they were like, well, because no parent when their toddler is screaming is thinking, I know the problem. I need more boundaries, right? Like they're going, I want my two-year-old to stop screaming at 3 a.m. or whatever, you know? So it's like, you have to speak to like, what is the actual problem and how are they verbalizing their their roadblocks, their struggle, their challenge? You know, the way you put it, I think is really, really good. Even if it's fifth grade language, like I think that's that's how our brains think most of the time, you know? It should be fifth grade because- Remember this. And like, I hope I can save someone $20,000 when I say this. Please do not join a mastermind within your own industry. Please, because it's not that they're bad people are wrong. It's that it's like a hall of mirrors and you're all using the same language. Mm. Please, like save so much time, money, and energy. Talk to people. Like Mm -hmm. it's free. Mm -hmm. Find out what they are thinking. Send them a Starbucks card. You don't even have to do that. People love Mm -hmm. talking about themselves. You have the key to your webinar title. You have the key to the next 20 headlines. When people just say, my kid is screaming, Mm -hmm. selling is gross. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm afraid that clean skincare is going to melt off my face or whatever. Like, just use their language. And that's how we all need to be selling is like we're selling to a five-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. Okay, one other question I have, and I think this is important because this kind of even touches on what you were saying. Like, just, you know, even the, the temptation to like, buy into a mastermind or do something in your own industry and you're kind of in this place of mirrors. I think a similar challenge that people run into is there's a lot of people who say like, if you just follow this system or this process, Mm -hmm. then you'll have success with sales. You'll have success making money, these these things. But why is it so important to focus on the person over the process? I want to get your thoughts on this because this was kind of in line with what we were talking about earlier. Well, it's important because people make up your process. People create the process. My best metaphor that's like so weird is that it's almost like wondering what is the best ice maker I can have in my fridge. And then you're obsessed with the ice maker and there's no ice in it. Like what process are you even talking about? Mm -hmm. It's pointless that there's no ice. And I know that most people are like, I know, but once I have the ice maker, I know that I'll love the kind of crushed ice it makes when I do get ice. I'm like, yeah, but you, you're totally missing the point because until you fill like a capacity, you do not know to go left or to go right. Mm -hmm. Let people guide your process Mm -hmm. And that's where what is so ironic is that when people fall into this trap of wondering, like, what container do I use? You know, is it this mastermind system or is it like, I don't even, I can't even think of examples right now, but like, or just strategies like ads or webinars, whatever. When people chase this, this is actually when the money thing rears its head because you're not focused on people. So you start to feel guilty about growing your business because you're not being people centered. But it is impossible to feel selfish when you are focused on other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you're focused on providing a solution or like supporting, like you said, kind of helping them toward a valuable or like the proper or the right decision for them, it guides your process and how you do that. Would you agree? A hundred percent. And the best news is like every strategy works, every system works, Mm -hmm. depending on like what you want to do. Like none of it really matters that much. You know, if you use Asana or some other calendar system, Mm -hmm. like 
whatever. Everything works is like the scariest truth of all. And it's all just shades of gray for what's going to work for you. Mm-hmm. What you have to make positive is that you can guide people in a conversation. And those conversations can be like webinars also, webinar script or emails or mm-hmm. podcasts, solo podcast scripts. You can guide people with the, the way that you communicate. And then once they come in, decide what feels good, you know? And I would also say when it comes to like a strategy, give it time. Mm-hmm. Like you're, if your podcast isn't going well, if your webinars aren't going well, you're probably just not good at it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. We are on our 36th launch right now mm-hmm. of guide culture. And like, we're just now feeling like, oh yeah, we kind of know like how to rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like 36. Yeah. Thousands of conversations. Mm-hmm. And when you know how to sell, you can be profitable along the way of stumbling. Yeah. That's good. But that's why people come first because you need to serve them first. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And that's so true. I think we live in such a like quick fix, instant, you know, gratification society that when you are trying to do something for the long haul, when you believe in something and you're building it, like can sales skills help you get to the finish line quicker? Absolutely. But the reality is like nothing really worth having is built overnight. Like you said, this is our 36th time doing this. I mean, there's so many things that I've done. I'm like, oh my gosh, by the time I was doing it for a few years is when it really all kind of finally clicked, but you kind of have to stick with something. And, And it's not wrong to invest in resources and tools that can help you you know, improve your skills and do those things. In fact, I suggest doing that. But just like come back to the reality that like you can't Amazon Prime success in sales Mm. or, you know, a skyrocketing business. And I think when we want to do that, and this kind of comes back to the core topic of this conversation is when we try to Amazon Prime the sale, the transaction, the growth, the things we want to do, and we want two-day free shipping on that, that's when we start getting into the slimy territory. That's when we start Uh acting from a place of desperation. I think that's when we start feeling maybe a little bit manipulative because we're just so desperate. And it's like, look, if you're just consistent and clear and, you know, intentional about continuing to grow your skills, your communication, your competence, those things will start to come, but you have to kind of stick with it and keep doing it till it gets really comfortable and you kind of become familiar with your process the more you learn the people that you serve. Does that make sense? 100%. It makes everything so fun. The process is the best part. Mm -hmm. Like failure is literally fun when you know that it can be productive along Mm -hmm. the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you fine tune. We're we're on what year? It'll be five years in August, and like literally, we're just now like feeling like a company. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. just, it is how it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. You I can relate to that so, so much. <laughs> well, you do too. That's why I was like, we have to record about this because I think, you know, and and I think one other thing I want to touch on too is the person who's like, okay, I don't own a business, but. Mm-hmm. I oh still God. like my work is to still like kind of in a way persuade people or whatever. What about those who maybe aren't necessarily entrepreneurs? How does this apply to them in their life, not necessarily just in selling their own personal product? Oh, my gosh. In so many ways. In fact, sometimes more because let's just say that you're in corporate. We have a a girl right now, Casey, and she is in corporate and she kind of does fundraising Mm -hmm. within this corporate. Mm -hmm. And she said that on a call, you know, everything's a business, right? This guy, he was like a consultant. He said, either y'all need to learn sales skills or you need to hire someone who does. Mm. Because fundraising is sales. But my point is that it's not, she's not the leader, right? So how do you lead when you're not in charge? How do you sell when you're not the salesperson per se, quote? Mm -hmm. You can influence, you can persuade your team. Mm. You can literally talk to upper management in a way that says like, you know, I do have a belief here Mm -hmm. and I, I believe we should go this direction. That's how you can persuade for good in corporate, for example. 
-hmm. but also, oh my gosh, even more important in your family. You know, when Macy, the founder and co-CEO here, her dad actually created our training and he built a business for decades and he was persuading her mm-hmm. to, you know, come home after the football game, don't go to the bonfire. Mm-hmm. And that's a graceful process. And it is a painful one when you're a parent, not to just yank them by the hair because you love them so much. Mm-hmm. I, I persuade my four-year-old to practice her letters when she is defeated. You know, you persuade your husband to lead the prayer mm-hmm. instead of, you know, you initiating mm-hmm. it, right? Like mm-hmm. there's so many places in life where the people need you. Mm-hmm. They need you to guide them. And it is a priceless thing to know that you can help someone make the best decision for them. Some of our best wins come out of homeschooling moms who, God bless them, mm-hmm. are, you know, wanting their kids to be confident. Yeah, so good. I think we forget, like we think of sales only in the form of like selling a product as a business owner. It's like the yeah. skills that come with that and the persuasion skills go so far beyond that that can benefit your relationships in so many areas of life, can benefit the the nonprofit work, the fundraising, the, the work mm, you're trying to do for a cause, so you know? And I think when you can like expand it beyond just this idea of like selling a product and making profit, which is absolutely a good thing that we want to drive home, even if you're a Christian, especially if you're a Christian. But in other areas of life, this like translates. And instead of manipulating your husband to do something you want or trying to force your kid or punish them into doing something, but instead helping them understand the value of doing something or why it's appreciated. And like you said, persuading them for something good, that's only going to serve them well. And it's going to also probably keep more harmony in your relationships too. A hundred percent. One of the biggest principles of sales, especially when you're in disagreement, because the pure act of selling and persuasion is that you're not necessarily on the same wavelength, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, Hey, how can we get on the same wavelength here? And it is, to, it is to persuade them, mm-hmm. to get on the same team mm-hmm. and then kind of nudge them towards seeing your perspective because you do stand for what you believe. Mm-hmm. If you don't stand for something, you fall for anything. So how can you stand mm-hmm. and help people see where you're coming from in a graceful way? Yeah. So and it's, it's just the flag in the ground is persuade for good, yeah. for sure. Love that. So good. Okay. There's a million other questions I want to ask, but we'll wrap it here because I feel like we've covered a really good... Uh, variety of things and it really kind of uh, goes back to really the heart of what we wanted to do this for but i'd love if you can share where they can learn more from you and also where anyone could find your book persuade for good because i think this is a must read for anyone absolutely actually if you go to our instagram at the guide culture you will find a link to the book right there the book is called persuade for good and we debunk 10 myths that could be keeping you Mm. from selling Mm -hmm. from enjoying the process of guiding people in these conversations. And I just really believe that you can make such an influence in your corner of the world Mm -hmm. in a way that has a ripple effect beyond what you'll ever, ever see in this Mm -hmm. lifetime. Um, So get the book. It's 20 bucks. Uh, There's an ebook too. And uh, I'm just really, really pumped for everybody. So good. I love it. Well, Catherine, thanks for being here. It was so fun to chat with you. I love our conversations and I just really appreciate all that you've poured into our people. Same right back at you. Thank you so much. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com.
Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.